It's Monday, June 4th, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia. Well, this is our weekly Monday Bible study and call to prayer. Today, we are continuing our study on the gospel according to Luke, and we are joined by Blake Wilson, our Vice President of Operations. Blake, will walk us through Luke chapter 20, verse 1, through Luke chapter 21, verse 4. Thank you, Herbie, for allowing me to come back and speak again from the book of Luke. Um, We have made it all the way to Luke chapter 20 with our team, so I'm excited to dive into Luke chapter 20. I want to take a look back at Luke chapter 19 um, as well, just to kind of set the stage as we began to look in to this chapter that's all built around authority and Jesus being challenged throughout chapter 20. We just see this over and over again, example after example, and see Jesus tell different parables as teaching tools um, to these chief priests and these scribes. But ultimately, he is being challenged over and over again um, and questioned, but he doesn't avoid it. He, He just hits it head on and he begins to answer these questions by asking additional questions, which we see throughout um, the Gospels. But I, I want to I stop and think about how we in modern day America sometimes avoid um, challenges. We want to take the easy route. Um, if we know we're going to be facing opposition, sometimes we're going to go the other way. We just try to avoid the question because we don't, or let me speak for myself, I don't want to be Interrupted. I have my schedule. Um, I do what I want to do and don't want to take the time out um, or be disrupted or let alone be challenged, um, you know, with my with my plans, because I desire to do what I want to do. And I think we can all relate to that. We are selfish. We're prideful. We have our plans and we don't want to be interrupted. And if we know we're going to face opposition or questioning, sometimes we're just going to go the other way. Um, just because we think that is going to be the quickest and best best route. Um, even even this weekend, I was at Walmart, and I think we probably all go to Walmart at some point during our week, but I was at Walmart this weekend and um, was in a hurry trying to honestly make it to church on time. I went early on a, on a Sunday morning to get a few things before church and knew my time was limited but wanted to get it knocked out before. So... I ran to the store um, by myself, and the cashier began to um, small talk with me. And many people don't know this about me, or listening audience probably don't know this, um, but I am six foot six inches tall, so I'm a tall guy, and I get that question a lot. How tall are you? How tall are you? So I see this cashier on a Sunday morning. Um, I'm in a hurry, and she begins a conversation with, can I ask you a question? I didn't respond with a simple, yes, you may, or no, you can't. I just said, I'm 6'6". And she began to laugh because I knew what she was going to ask. I get that question all the time. And if a a stranger is going to ask me something, a lot of times it's, how tall am I? So I just cut to the chase um, and just answered her question because uh, there was no way around it. I can't honestly tell you that I I tried to avoid that question anytime I can because I get it all the time. Um, just it's so redundant over and over again. 
I tried to avoid it. I know that's um, probably a very weak illustration when we look at what Jesus is um, being challenged on or being questioned on here in Luke chapter 19 and 20. But just as I tried to avoid that simple question, um, I want us to look at how Luke chapter 19 wraps up and see what Jesus is walking into. He's not avoiding it. He is hitting it head on. So let's look at Luke chapter 19, verses 45 through 48. And it says, And he entered the temple to begin to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple. The chief priest and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him. But they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were hanging on to his words. All right, so as 19 closes out, we see in verse number 47 that these chief priests, these scribes, these principal men were seeking to kill him. All right, now I, 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 don't, I don't want us to overlook the human side of Jesus. I think so often um, we look at his look at him through the lens of an all-powerful God, but we overlook his human nature that he was fully man. So if he was fully man, ultimately we know that he was aware that these people disliked him. He was aware that these people were trying to kill him. I don't think that any of us could be in a situation and say, oh, I'm surprised this person is after me trying to kill me. Jesus knew that these people were out for him. They knew how angry or he knew how angry they were with him. He knew that they were dissatisfied with his teachings. We know that they were challenged by his teachings, but yet he continued to go. So look at how we pick up in verse 20. It says, One day, as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple and preaching the gospel, the chief priest and the scribes and the elders came up to him. Right? Remember, in chapter 19, these are the people that were seeking to kill him. And then in verse number one, these same people come up to him. You know, I can't help but say I would be a little nervous. These people who hated me so much, they were seeking to destroy me, to ruin my name, my reputation, and ultimately kill me. They're gathering around me. All right. So Jesus was not scared. So the first thing I want us to remember is Jesus has called us to be bold. Jesus was bold in the temple. He began or he continued rather to go to the temple daily to teach, even though the religious leaders couldn't stand him. They despised him, but yet he did not run from opposition. He was bold in the face of a trial and he continued to do what the Lord had called him to do. As God has sent him to fulfill one purpose on this earth, and Jesus was going to continue to keep his eyes on that goal. So these people gather around him in verse number one, and he said to them, um, Tell us by what, or they said to him, Tell us by what authority you do these things. Or who is it that gave you this authority? He answered them, I will also ask you a question. Now tell me, was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? And they discussed it with one another, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Why did you not believe him? But if we say from man, all the people will stone us to death. 
for they are convinced that John was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know where it came from. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. You see, these Pharisees and religious leaders were so prideful that they could not stand the fact that they could be wrong. They didn't want to be tricked. They um, didn't want to look uneducated before the others in the temple. Because as we, as we read in verse number um, 48 of chapter 19, it says that the people were hanging on to his every word. So there were those that truly, sincerely believed in the words that Jesus was, te- were, was teaching. Um, but these religious leaders were the ones that were challenging every word. So he answers them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. I think it's an attitude of prayer that um, we as believers have to continue to have before Jesus um, is just to keep us humble, um, is to break that pride and and remove that from our hearts, to just remove those desires um, to become prideful and ultimately seek Jesus and seek Him alone. The next session or section that we read in um, Luke chapter 20 is really verses 9 down through 19. And he, he begins to tell the parable of the tenants and ultimately how um, man after man um, went to collect um, some of the, the fruits from the vineyard um, and one after the other were killed. And finally the owner of the property sends his, sends his own son and the renters of this property say, oh, here, here he is. Um, he is the heir of this. In verse number 14, it says, but when the tenants saw him, they talked the matter over. This is the heir, they said, so let's kill him and take this inheritance to be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and they killed him. So you can see um, how Jesus is using this to shape um, his teaching to these religious leaders. And in verse number 17, as we talk about boldness, we see Jesus looked directly at them and asked, Then what is the meaning that which is written? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will will be broken into pieces, and anyone um, whom it falls will be crushed. Verse number 17 tells us that he looked directly at them, He knew who these people were, but he looked directly at them and quoted, The stone that builders rejected has become the cornerstone. So you can imagine how this probably made the blood boil of these religious leaders. Making eye contact and hitting it head on. I had the privilege of spending time with one of our ministry partners um, from Uganda. And as we were talking about Um, chapter 19 last week in our small group we began to talk about conflict resolution and how um, these leaders um, were were out to destroy Jesus um, and ultimately how we resolve conflict and and he shared um, an illustration of what they do in Uganda and his words were we we call it eyebrow to eyebrow Um, we confront it head on we confront it face to face and eyebrow to eyebrow in his language 
um, to resolve this. And I can't help but, but think of that illustration as I read 17, and it says he looked directly at them. He wasn't scared of conflict. He was bold. But um, how often we're, we don't have the heart of boldness. We are timid, and we are weak, and we run from conflict. Um, but we can learn from the boldness of Christ in this passage. The other piece that I wanted to point out is um, Jesus' simple desire of just wanting people to believe who he was. Challenge after challenge he would face, and, and, and um, as we read parable after parable, we, we see him trying to prove himself as the Messiah, um, trying to get these religious leaders just to believe who he is. And as I was um, preparing for this, I read a few commentaries about pride, and and this this statement stood out to me. And it says, "Men often pretend to examine the evidences of revelation and the truth of the gospel, when only seeking excuses for their own unbelief and disobedience." Christ answered these priests and these scribes with a plain question about the baptism of John, which the common people could answer. They all knew that it was from heaven. Nothing in it had earthly tendency. It was simply their pride. Um, pride is so easy to creep in to our spiritual walks, but can to have a tremendous downfall. Jesus just wants us to believe and um, trust in him. And have an attitude of humility, which is the last thing that I wanted to point out. So to be bold, to simply believe, um, and then lastly, to have an attitude of humility. In verses number 45 through 47, um, it says, While all the people were listening, Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the place of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. Jesus uses um, these, these teachers and these leaders as an illustration of being full of pride, of having, um, of having shows in public just to gain recognition um, but then behind closed doors are full of sin Um, in verse number 40 his words were they devour widows houses um, for a show and then they stand up and make lengthy prayers in front of others but at the core pride has consumed them but in verse number or chapter 21 it says as he looked up he saw the rich putting in their gifts into the temple treasury And then he also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. And truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Christ is seeking us to have an attitude of humility and to come before him with a humble heart. Just to simply believe and to come before him with a servant's heart so that he can use us and shape us into who he wants us to become.
Well, thanks, Blake. And this week, we are praying for the country of Taiwan. We are praying specifically that the gospel would go forth in Taiwan. We're praying for the grip of Buddhism and ancestor worship to loosen and for the God of the gospel to triumph in the country of Taiwan. We're praying for growth and awareness of our special adoption program as we continue to advocate for children. We are praying specifically for an eight-year-old female who is awaiting child in Taiwan. And we are praying for children who've been waiting for a long time, children with severe special needs, older children and sibling groups. We're praying for God to call and equip families to care specifically for these hard to place children. We're praying that God would protect waiting families while they wait for matches and while they wait to be matched with their children in Taiwan. We're praying for new doors to open so that we can see more families bring children home that from Taiwan who desperately need a family through inter-country adoption. We are specifically praying for a sibling set of four that are waiting right now. We're praying for hope and healing as they've experienced a lot of loss in their brief little lives. We're also praying for the Lord, for the hearts of the workers at Cathwell, the, the agency in Taiwan that we work with, as they truly desire what is best for the children in their care. And we're praising the Lord for the upcoming Taiwan Family Reunion this September, where many families who've been able to adopt from Taiwan will be able to come together and, and enjoy one another's fellowship and come to bring their children together who have these shared bonds and experience. And we're praising God that he has answered our prayer from last fall. We, we prayed specifically for one little boy who's currently being pursued by a family in our program. And so let's pray that the Lord of heaven would intervene in this country of Taiwan. Lord, we pray specifically for the country of Taiwan this morning and for the gospel to go forth, for, for the grip of Buddhism and ancestor worship to truly loosen and for you to triumph in the hearts, the minds, and the souls of the men, women, boys, and girls in Taiwan. We pray for this program, for Cathwell, our partner, and for many families to come forward for these waiting children, children who have waited for a long time. Lord, we pray you protect the hearts of the families that are waiting, that you would help them to be patient and, and to know that you are sovereign and to know that you have a plan. And Lord, we're just praising you for the ways that we've seen you answer prayer as we've seen you work in Taiwan. It was we've seen you work in our Taiwan program. Lord, thank you for what you are doing. And Lord, we just ask that you would move in this small island nation for your glory, for your gospel, for your name, and for your renown to be made known. And in your name we pray for the country of Taiwan. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.